We've come to praise our God. We are so grateful to be in his presence. And we just welcome everybody. Would you be so kind enough just to reach across the aisle? Come on, somebody. Just reach across the aisle. Shake the hands of your brothers and sisters. Come on, quiet. You can come on the aisle. Come on. Come reach across and shake the hands of your brothers and sisters. Say, it's good to see you. Amen. Good to see you at Tabernacle of Praise. Those who are worshiping online all around the world, we welcome you. Unto the house of praise, this is where we experience the power of God through prayer, outreach, worship, education, and relationship. Are you ready to worship God today? How many are ready to experience a revival today? Come on and stand to your feet as we pray, and then we're going to sing this song. We sing the praises. Heavenly Father, we say thank you for allowing us to make it to your house of worship. We thank you, God, that there's healing in this house. We thank you that there's deliverance in this house. We thank you that there's a revival in this house, oh God. And so, God, we claim victory today, oh God. We claim the Holy Spirit pouring down upon us today, oh God. So bless this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come and put your hands together. Come on, we sing the praises to our King, for He's the King of One more time, say we sing. We sing the praises to our King, for He is the King of Kings. We sing the praises to our King. Come on, we sing the One more time, say we sing. We sing the praises to our King, for He is the King of Kings. Yes, He is the King. We sing the praises to our King, for He's the King Say, give Him the glory. Give Him glory. For He, for He. We give you glory, give glory, for he's the king of kings. Say, give him glory, glory, for he, for he's the king of kings. Give him glory, let's take it out, for he's the king of kings. Sing the praises to our king, for he is the king Come on, of kings. let me hear you. Come on, put your hands together. For he's the king of kings. Say, we sing. We sing the praises to our king. Let's give him glory. Give him glory. For he. For he's the king of kings. Yes, he is. Give him glory. For he's the king of kings. Say, give him glory. Give him glory. For he's the king of kings. Give him glory. Uh huh. For he's Say, all hell. All hell. Come on, lift up his name today. No matter what we are faced, say all hail, all hail King Jesus. One more time, say all hail, all hail Emmanuel. Yeah, say all hail, all hail King Your song's so good, yeah. Say all hail, all hail, Emmanuel. All right, now put your fists up as we declare. Say, He reads. Do you believe that? Yeah. 
So much is going on. Got a call. Got a call from Elder Harris. His wife is now at urgent care. Mercy. It's a lot happening. Mercy, God. We got to be praying. One of our members a few days ago had a, had a minor stroke. God is good. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes, you made it to see another Thank day. God. Another Sabbath. Anybody grateful that God has kept you? Thank you, Lord. So today, 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 we all stand in need of prayer. And so we're just going to sing this song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, and then I'm going to invite you to come. Let's press together. Let's press together as we come to the front and as we pray for our nation, pray for our city. Pray for a revival in this land. Pray for a change of heart. Praying for God to perform miracles. And if you stand in need of prayer, I invite you to come on down as we, as we pray for God to move. We don't want God to pass us by, right? As he's moving in this place. You want to come. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's sing it out. Ask him to hear. He hear my 
Come on, let's sing it out. So, Lord, right now on this particular Sabbath Eve, Lord, we are asking, we're inviting for your spirit to fall fresh upon us. Come within us, Lord, and exhibit, exhibit your power in us. We're asking, Lord, that you would change us, Lord, from the inside out, that we will no longer be the same, that, Lord, we would have such faith, such power, because we believe in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we're asking, Father God, that you would bring a spirit of revival within us. That, Lord, we would have a hunger, a thirst to change, to be closer to thee. Lord, you said if we just lift up our eyes, you would draw us nearer to thee. And so, Father God, we're asking, Lord, that you would be with us, not just in this edifice, but in our life, Lord, as we go throughout this, this world, Lord. We're asking, Father God, that you would also, Lord, please, Lord, be with the leaders of this world, Lord. We know that you set up kingdoms, and Lord, you tear them down. But we ask, Father, that in the midst of what is taking place, Lord, that we would find ourselves gravitating to your will. And so, Father, we're asking, Lord, that you would bless us, Lord. Reach down and touch us in a very mighty way. Lord, we're asking, Father, as we go through this season of revival, Lord, there are going to be preachers coming in. And Lord, we don't want somebody just standing in front of your children. But we want the Spirit of God falling fresh upon them. Lord, we want every word that comes out of their mouth to be Spirit-led. We want them to be filled, Lord, with your Holy Ghost power. And so, Lord, we're asking your blessings to fall fresh upon them, even right now before they step before this. Lord, you heard there are many that are sick. The enemy's angry, Lord. He's trying to take us out. But, Lord, we believe in you. And so, Lord, we are asking, Lord, that you will be with Sister Robinson, Lord. Touch her temple, Lord. Lord, remove all the stress, all the heartache, all the pain. Give her joy, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you will be with Teresa in a very special way. Yes. Lord, we don't know why. Actually, we do know why. It's the enemy. But we do understand one thing. It's you, Lord. And when we find ourselves standing in the need of prayer, it's you, Lord. And so we call on your precious name. And so, Lord, we will pray. In fact, we will push. We will pray until something happens. And for that reason, Lord, alone, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we shall overcome. And so we thank you, Lord. Bless this evening's revival, Lord. 
Be with your manservant. Be with your children, Lord. Touch us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's sing the chorus. Thank you for that prayer. God has heard the prayers of his children today. Come on, sing it out. Let's do that chorus one more time, Elder. Come on, let heaven hear you today. Praise the Lord. Let's do this. Let do, let's do this. Do one of, your, one of your fast songs, anyone that comes to your mind, and then I'll come on and introduce our speaker, and then we'll do a song of meditation.
Jesus brought us out, right? Amen. Are you happy to be in this house today? God's house, this holy day, this is the Sabbath, a great day, amen? And we're so happy that our speaker and his beautiful wife, they are in the house, they made it all the way from Iowa, amen? We're glad, we're glad that Richard Palmer and Katrina Palmer, um, they are here with us. I praise the Lord, my friend. And they have truly been a blessing um, to our conference, the Central States Conference. And we praise the Lord for, for their gifts. Um, Pastor Palmer graduated from Andrews University. You'll hear more about um, him on tomorrow. But he, he's a graduate of Andrews University, two degrees there. Amen. And he has served in our U.S. Navy for six years. Come on and put your hands together. We praise the Lord for... Him serving our, our country. And you know, um, they have three children and nine grandchildren. Amen. They still look young now. <laughs> what a blessing, what a blessing for them to be in this house. His favorite, his favorite um, um, scripture says in John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Truly, God is in this house, and we're going to hear from Pastor Palmer after our song of meditation as the choir come and sing for us. Let's pray for the speaker. Amen. Oh 
submit to you. Now, if you're nervous about preaching, <laughs> man, yes, sir. Anytime you have a choir that can deliver a message of song like that. The text in the Bible says, and what shall I more say? <laughs> I can say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen. Um, I am extremely grateful to be here. Um, I want to thank your pastor um, for the invitation. Sister Weaver, I, I, I've talked to her. There she is. <laughs> Amen. We are grateful um, to you all. Um, my wife is here with me, and any time my wife is able to travel with me, I've elder, I have for the last four months, I, I've been flying all over the country, um, funerals. And, um, we are living in a time where Jesus has to come, right? And, and, and the sad reality is that our church is not ready for Jesus to come. Um, now, y'all have to forgive me because I love to preach and I feel like preaching. Um, I, I had a conversation with the Lord, and the Lord told me to share with you the conversation that I had with him. And so if you're ready, you're going to be blessed. But if you're not, <laughs> um, I've been pastoring for 31 years. Um, I've pastored in different states. Um, I served in six years in the United States Navy. I watched with my eyes 37 of my friends die in a war. And one of the things that was threatening to us when we came back from the war, I served in two wars, was coming back to the United States of America. And because one of my friends had on a uniform, we went into a store that would not serve us in our own country. One of the worst things I ever heard was to hear uh, the folk in Washington stand up and say that I could neither deny nor confirm. When my friends died and they called their name 1237, to see our president making friendships with people that have bad intentions for our country. We need Jesus. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what can I share that would be beneficial for black history and beneficial for the family? For 56 years, I have been an African-American. <laughs> we have been resilient. They've called us black. They've called us colored people. They called us Negro. They've called us nigger. I don't like to hear people using that word. And, and, and there was a time when in the black community we would say, my nigga. My mother named me Richard William Palmer Jr. You can pick whichever one you choose, but my mother did not call me nigga. And, 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 and it's, it's a shame that in the African American community, somehow we have forgotten where we came from. We have forgotten who we are. Dr. King once said, I, I, I dream that one day my four little children will live in a nation where they would be, what? Y'all know the statement, huh? 
Say it again. Say it again. They will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. The content of your character should be such as though it represents Christ wherever you are. Uh, your character, Christ should be in you and around you, beneath you and above you, wherever you go. You should be able to go into a room and bring light into the room where there's darkness. Because we are the children of God, made in the image of God. And so I asked myself a question. I'm going to pause and pray and I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you. Father, come now into this place. Let Jesus be seen. Let Jesus be felt. Let Jesus illuminate this room. Let us, we, your children, understand that we are in the very presence of God. The Sabbath hours have come. Those precious hours that you have set aside that we might come to worship with you. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that for these next few moments that you would hide me behind this desk and allow Jesus to be seen, heard, and felt. And when we leave this place tonight, let us be able to say it was good for us to have been here. For Jesus truly dwelt in this place. And so we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I was flying on a plane from Boston, Massachusetts, going back, to, back home. And as I was flying on the plane, I, I, I always asked the Lord, Lord, when I get on the plane, let me go to sleep. I was on my way to a funeral, and, and, and I got on the plane, and, and, and I sat in my chair, and I was getting ready to go to sleep, and the guy next to me wanted to talk. There's a part of me that wanted to say, man, will you please just leave me alone so I can go to sleep? Uh, but but he, he wanted to talk, and, I, and, and finally another guy came and sat next to me, and so I said, good, he's going to leave me alone. But as the two of them were talking, they began to talk about something that perked my interest. They began to talk about this thing called the Sabbath. Neither of them were Seventh-day Adventists, but they were talking about the Sabbath, and so I interjected. I had to retract my leave me alone and say, let me get into this thing. And so I asked a question that I asked you. Don't answer the question. Just listen to the question. What is the Sabbath? Normally when you ask people, they will say it's the seventh day of the week. It's Saturday. But nobody ever says, preacher, that the fourth commandment, the Sabbath, is a commandment. Because it is a commandment, we cannot touch it. We cannot alter it. For Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Think not that I come to destroy the law, for I come not to destroy, but to fulfill. I ask the question, when did the law come into play? Everybody says at Mount Sinai. If the law does not exist until Mount Sinai, what did Cain do wrong when Cain killed his brother? If the law does not exist until Mount Sinai, what did Adam and Eve do wrong in the garden? If the law does not exist until Mount Sinai, what did Lucifer do wrong in heaven? The Bible says that without the law, there is no sin. You need the law in order to confirm sin. The law existed before the world existed. That's the reason why God put the fourth commandment in its place. Because the fourth commandment tells you God's character and everything else you need to know about him. I've had the privilege of meeting five of the last six presidents of the United States. And one of the things I noticed is that whenever the president comes, 
The president came to the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas, where I used to pastor. What he did, preacher, was he took this and he put his signature in front of this statement. And it says, President, pick one, Bill Clinton, President of the United States of America. Imagine now it's the Sabbath and you replace this sign with the seal of God that said, I am God, ruler of heaven and earth, creator of all things. And we understand that when we come into the presence of God, we come into his presence for to worship. So I ask the question, what is worship? Who deserves worship? What does it mean when we say, I will bless the Lord? You see, you see, you see God can bless us. And when God blesses us, he, enhance, he enhances what we have and who we are. And the way we bless God is giving God praise and thankfulness and understanding that had it not been for the Lord, where would we be? We as African Americans were taken from various places and brought to this United States of America to be slaves. And I asked myself a question. When the United States of America was first presented, there were 13 colonies. Each colony had a different set of religious beliefs. But they were going to fight in a war. But they were killing each other worse over here than they were where they came from. And in order for them to fight in the war, they had to come up with a constitution that says that you have freedom of religion. But what is freedom of religion? Freedom of religion says I can worship whatever I want to worship. If you believe that, ask yourself what happened in, 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 in Waco, Texas. Remember that the federal government could not go into Waco, Texas as long as it was a religious affair. The Constitution says that no one state can determine, can dictate what happens in another state as far as religious affairs are concerned. So if you go to Boston, Massachusetts, there are laws because Boston is a Catholic state. There are things that you cannot do in Boston that you can do right here in Missouri. There are things that you can do in Missouri that you cannot do in Iowa as it pertains to religious liberty. Most people don't understand that. And so when we were children, our parents taught us about the Bible. My father used to put us on punishment and make us read the Bible. What I discovered, preacher, what I discovered was that my father had to study the scripture so that he knew that what we were saying was correct. How many of us, I don't want to, I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to offend nobody. How many of us chastise our children the way that the Bible says we ought to chastise our children. Uh, we, 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 we're messed up. Because in the society where we live, they say that if you spank your children, and the children say, I'm going to call child protective service on you. I wish I would have thought 
to open my mouth. I got to paint this picture, man. <laughs> when the street lights go out, you better be in the house. Not I'm coming to the house. Not I forgot where I lived. You better be in the house. Now, my grandmother used to stand on the step, and we'd be around the corner. In fact, one day, one day, preacher, I was playing basketball, and I was dunking the ball. So I, I had this trick I had performed. I was going to do a double flip, turn around in the air. And I was just getting ready to dunk the ball. And my grandma said, Richard! When I got to the house, my grandmother had gone from the door back to the couch. And I come run. Yes, ma'am. Can you turn the channel for me on the TV? Wait, 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 wait. Yes, ma'am. All the little white fuzzes coming across here. And my grandmother say, now wait a minute. Back up, back this train up. Wait a minute. Granny, this me. Now, 2020. My grandma died in 1981, so I'm saying to my grandma now, 2002, Granny, you got up off the couch, walked past the television, walked to the door, called my name. Yeah, I, I, I got you. I got you. You, you. you walked, and then you called my name. You went back past the television, sat down on the couch, and then asked me to turn the TV. And with pleasure... I turned the television. And when the station didn't work, she said, go upstairs in my closet and get one of them hangers. Stop in the kitchen and get some aluminum foil and wrap it on the antenna in the back of the television and then turn it. And, and, and so it started working. But then when I moved, it stopped working. So I go back and it started working. And, and she said, Hold, stay right there for a few minutes. But, but granny, my friends, stand right there. And I stood there. And once she got finished washing Mannix, I said, granny, can I go back outside? Now, now I live in the same house that you live in. But I got to ask you, if I could go in the refrigerator to get some water. We're sitting at the table for dinner, and I got to ask my grandmother. I ain't tell y'all that my mother died when I was two. So I had to ask my grandmother, Granny, can I get down from the table now? Hmm. I ain't going to offend nobody. How many of us even eat with our families anymore. Jesus said when he was talking to Peter 
in John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm saying to somebody here today, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I will. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Let not your heart be troubled. One, one translation says, stop letting your heart trouble you. Stop letting your heart cause you to worry about things you have no control over. Let not your heart be troubled. Watch this. You believe in God. The Bible says that if you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The problem we have today is there's not enough church folk who are diligently seeking God. How in the world do we allow somebody who don't know God to tell us how to do something God said do? Dr. King said, preacher, I'm glad God said that we ought to love everybody. Because of the truth of the matter is, I don't like all of y'all. Some of y'all get on my last nerve. But I can love you without liking you. <laughs> you see, loving someone allows you to understand what we as black people have gone through. You got this same white brother who sits across from you and tries to sabotage your workstation, not to hurt you, but to kill you. And you got to stand shoulder to shoulder with this same white man we, 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 we've dealt with racial profiling. Hmm? Hmm? And, 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 and that, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Now, 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 now watch, this. watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. The same thing that a white woman can do, a black woman can do. The same thing that a white man can do, a black man can do. But what causes a man to think hmm, that he's better than anybody else? Hmm, hmm. I guarantee you, if you had a white man came into this room right now and fell on this floor almost to die, he would wish that somebody in this room could save his life. But the same white man, and, and they call it white privilege. Right, 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 right. No, 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 no. I have the same privilege that you have. I'm going to preach a sermon tomorrow. Uh, when was the last time you saw Jesus? Right? Um, I, have, I have the same privilege that you have. I served in the same military that you served. My, my, my ID says United States veteran, the same as yours. But there are privileges that you give to the white man that you will not give to me. Now, Ellen G. White, y'all still love Ellen G. White, I hope. Ellen G. White says that the greatest gift that you can give to your fellow man is that of self-preservation. That means to, to, to educate yourself, right? Not to be better than anybody else, but to say to somebody, I sat in a room a week ago, I sat in a room a week ago, 
And in the room, it was a whole table full of white folk. One of my members was in the room because something had happened. And as we were talking, they were trying to figure out who is this big black man that's sitting at the table, right? No, 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 no. My, 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 my family were not educated people, right? I was the first one in my family to graduate from college, right? They were not educated people, but they were smart. They were smart. And my aunt taught me, she instilled it in my head, you can curse a whole lot of folk out without cursing at them. I'm talking to these folk, and, and as I'm in the room, the principal and the vice principal and the counselor and the police department chief and, and the police officer, they're all sitting around the room, and I'm allowing all of them to talk. And I said, may I ask a question? You've assessed this situation on this person. So I turn around to the police officer. So what was it that possessed you to put your hands on him the way that you did? The principal has already said, I was never threatened by him. The principal has already said that usually when he gets out of line or this, that, or the other, I bring him to my office and I let him vent. Now, y'all follow what I'm saying. This is the principal talking. So now when the police officer comes into the room, why do you feel it necessary for you to tackle this child? I felt threatened by him. But the principal already said she was not threatened by him. So why did you put your hands on him? Well, I am the authority. And no, no, you're not. That's the reason why we're sitting around this table. And if you were to take the economic, financial stability around that table, we wasted a whole lot of man hours in that meeting. At the end of the meeting, somebody said, who, who is he? I am a child of God. And God and I are like this. And so, and so, and so, and so, I, I got to go back to my text. Jesus says, uh, 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 let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, how many of you looking for a place? If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. You know the story. Thomas had some doubts. Thomas says, Lord, we know not where you go, and how can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. So watch this. I want to I stop there for a minute. I am the way. Wait a minute. Uh, 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 in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 12, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, the Bible says, there is a way that seemeth right. I wish I had a lot of some, some, young, some young folk here. I wish I had some, some young girl. I tell them this. That boy, that boy, that boy, when he touched your knee, yeah, yeah, that's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to feel good. But you're supposed to say stop. There is a way that seemeth right. It 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 it, 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 it seems right. When I grew up in I grew up in Philadelphia. Well, I was I was born in Philadelphia. I grew up in New York in the Bronx, New York. And um, 
my aunt used to say, I don't care what you say or what you think. There are certain things that you're not going to do in my house. So back then in the 60s and 70s, black gangs became prevalent. You see, it seems right for a man to sow his oats. E.E. Cleveland used to say, you get one wife and one husband. He said, marriage, you all that are married. Marriage is like a rose garden. It's got a whole lot of roses in the field. But one day you get to open up the gate and go into the rose garden and pick a rose. And when you pick your rose, you got to come back outside of the garden. And you got to close the door behind you. The other roses can be, can, be, can be seen. But there are things that you can do with your rose that you can't do with the other roses anymore. I can acknowledge that you're beautiful. I can acknowledge My wife blushes a lot. I, 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 I haven't done it in a while. But I used to have an account at Victoria's Secrets. You, you, see, you see how she looking, man? See, 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 sometimes I would go into Victoria's Secrets and they would say, Pastor, are you shopping today for you or for your wife? You see, sometimes I shop for her, and that's what she wants. There is a way that seems right. God does not desire for us to suffer the way that we suffer. God does not desire... For us to have high blood pressure and cancer and all this stuff. And every time somebody dies, we blame it on God. So Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. First, I want to read verse 12, which we've already established. There is a way. There's a what? Jesus says, I am the, the Bible says, thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary, right? Teach me thy way, O Lord, that I shall not sin against thee. There's something about that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a preacher, can somebody get me a, I, I need a, I need a, can I, can I use this piece of paper? Okay, I, I'm going to, y'all, y'all remind me at the end to use this piece of paper, okay? Um, there is a way that seems right. So, so watch this, watch this, watch this. And I don't want to, don't, don't call my president and say, the pastor came down here changing scripture. I don't want to change scripture. I just want to, for the, for the purpose of identifying us. Okay? So look at verse 1. The Bible says every wise what? Every wise woman. Oh, oh, let me tell y'all something. Whenever you hear that I'm going to come and preach. Now, 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 don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way. I have an iPhone. I have an iPad. And I have a, a MacBook Pro. But when I come to church, my grandmother taught us this when we were little dumb kids. Whenever you go to church... Bring your Bible with you to church. 
Um, when I came into the church and I had had this thing on charge and turn it off all day, I went to turn it on just now and it was dead, right? But I got my Bible with me, right? right, right, right. Now, now, my grandma said, unless you plan on stealing, you don't go shopping with no money, with no credit card, with no EBT card, right? You got to have something to pay. So when you come to church, you got to have your word. I'm sorry. So every wise, and the reason I said that, because when I asked y'all what it said, nobody said anything. You ain't get there fast enough? See what I'm saying? So I got to slow down for you. Right? And see, I can't see. I can't see. <laughs> Matt, uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. Every wise woman, can we interject that word woman and say every wise parent Buildeth their house, but the foolish plucketh it down with their hands. Stop right there. A wise parent, even if you have more than one child, understands that your children are not the same. A wise parent builds their family so that everybody progresses evenly. But the foolish parent says to their children, you act just like your stupid father. Well, wait a minute, mama. I ain't married him. You knew he was stupid when you was dating him. You knew he had other women before you married him. So now because you're mad at him, I'm stupid like him? A, 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 a foolish parent will tear down their house. My father was not educated, but he made sure that his children were educated. My father used to go to school and say to the, to the teachers, I don't care what you do with the other children. You send my child home with homework to do. My father and my aunt, you know, you know, because my mom died, I was raised by different ones in the family. But, and, and sometimes I would be mad because I want to go outside and play with everybody else. But I got to do my homework, and I got to wait until my aunt come home and check my homework before I can go outside. And if I spelled a word that wasn't really a word, she would say, write the word 20 times. Use the word in a sentence. Anybody know how Mar Mar Malcolm X became so smart? Malcolm X studied the dictionary from front to back. He learned how to use words, and some words he used cut deep to the heart. Some words he used made you think. Some words he used made you go places you've never been. Anybody ever seen a Plymouth Rock? We used, to, we used to be told that the Plymouth Rock was this great big old rock until you go to see it in person, and this is a little bitty old pebble, pebble sitting down in a hole that they have an arrow pointing down to the hole at the Plymouth Rock. And my auntie used to say, when you read, reading will take you places that you may never go. But the joy of God is that God will allow you to go to those places that you read about. And you say, wow, this is where L.N.G. White stood for the 100th anniversary. And because she was so short, they had to put a little stool and she stepped up on the stool to preach. 
This is where Martin Luther King was assassinated at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. This is why this table sits like it does. The morning that he was assassinated, he and uh, uh, Jesse Jackson had gotten into an argument, and he told Jesse Jackson to go home. Jesse Jackson left from where he was and went to Chicago. They were trying to kill Jesse Jackson in Chicago. They had a big Jesse and a little Jesse. And if you go to Chicago right now today, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a church that was run by big Jesse Jackson. And I'm not talking about junior and senior. I'm talking about big Jesse. Jesse didn't like Dr. King. And when they made that, that street, Martin Luther King Boulevard, he was so angry at that, he took the front of his door, which was facing Martin Luther King, and turned it into the alleyway. So when you go into the church, you have to go through the alley to get into the church. But on that morning, Dr. King and Andrew Young were having breakfast together. But instead of them bringing two plates, they brought one. So they decided that they were going to share that one plate of food. And as they were sharing it, it was time for them to go. They were having discussions outside. So what he did was took the plate, took the napkin, and folded the napkin on half of the plate. And if you ever go to the Lorraine Motel today, you will see that that plate has been reserved the way it was on the day he was assassinated. He stepped out of the door, took two steps from where he was to where he got killed, and boom! Here's the thing that folk don't know. Martin Luther King Jr. went to Memphis to boycott and to protest inequality for sanitation workers. Does anybody know how much it costs him to die? They got a raise for 10 cents. They got a raise for 10 cents. The old folk used to say, if some of these folk can see what we're doing now, they'll turn over in their graves. In, in 1992, the KKK, y'all know what that is, right? The KKK sent a letter to the NAACP. The letter said, thank you. We want to thank you for doing what we no longer have to do. You all are killing off each other at an enormous rate. We no longer have to do it. We just throw some stuff out in the street. I remember when, when, when drugs first came into New York and Philadelphia. They used to come into the city with the purest of the purest drug and give it to you for free. Because they knew that once you took it and you got hooked, you were going to come back for more. But what the black folk do? Black folk ain't got no jobs. Huh? But yet they got all the gold bling blings, all you can name, right? They got all the big cars, ain't got no jobs. What do white folk do? They send their kids to Harvard and Yale and all these big schools and call them things so they could get jobs. And we never caught on. We laughed at the Puerto Ricans because they had 10 of them in a the car. But what they would do is each of them would, would take their money and divide it among the family. But in the black home, this is my money. This my stuff. It seems right. So, so 60 years ago, so my grandmother, my grandmother had me. I was working a job. I was going from Philadelphia to, to New Jersey, and I was washing cars and scraping cars and doing you name it. I did it. I took a shovel and shoveled snow off the ground. So my grandmother told me one Friday night, she said, she said, take your two brothers around the corner and get them an ice cream. Preacher, it's my money. 
I work for this money all week long. So I get them one scoop of ice cream. I got three scoops. And, and, and I'm having a ball with my three scoops. And I get home, and my grandmother called us in the room, and my grandmother observed the scene, and she said, but wait a minute, why, why, why does he have one and he has one, and you got, the, it's my money. Where your money at? It's right here in my pocket. Let me have it. I give her the money, and she keep my money. And I wish I would have said to her, it's my money. My grandmother would have bust you. You know, you know the old folk preacher, the old folk, this is what they used to do. My grandmother would sit down on the step, and she would see a switch way on the other side of that wall back there. And she would do just like this. Go, go get that switch right there. And I'm trying to look where her hand is so I can see the switch. And, 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 and then, see, my grandmother was smarter than what we thought she was. Because we would go and we'd get the small switch, right? And, 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 and see, my grandmother knew that the, the smaller switches actually hurt worse. And so what she would do is she would knead the small switches together, right? And when she needed a guy, she'd tear you up. And my grandmother got strength somehow. We wonder where she'd get the strength from. we go hide under the bed, and she picked the whole bed up. The wise parent builds. The wise parent takes time. Have you, has anybody ever been to Atlanta to the Martin Luther King Center? When you first walk into the door, if you turn to the left, there's a room. That was considered the family room. In that room, you could see where, where Pop King sat, Mama King played the piano, Martin and his wife Coretta, and the three kids, they sat around. Bernice was not born yet. They had the three kids sitting around, and they would spend family time together. And I ask folk everywhere I go, do you spend family time with your family? Do you teach your children? Uh, you know, we, we used to babysit this little girl, and, and, and the father and mother would drop her off at 5.30 in the morning, and by the time they picked her up, it was after 11.30 at night. And the little girl didn't know them because the only thing she ever saw was the back of their heads. And so she would see us in the store, and she would say, Mama, Daddy, and the father would get mad. I said, dude, you can't get mad with her. She doesn't know who you are. My question to you is, do your children know who you are? If you have small children and your small children are not here, ask yourself, why are my children not here? We give our children too many options. Right? We weren't given options. My, my grandma said, you're going to eat. We didn't like asparagus and we didn't like green peas and, 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 and navy, navy beans. We didn't like that stuff. But my grandmother cooked it. She never came to us and said, what do you want to eat today? What do you want to eat today? Can, can, can you imagine, you got, you got three kids, you got three kids, and you going to McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King, right? Because your kids, they eat fries, but they won't eat Burger King fries. They want McDonald's fries, right? right? And we give them options. My grandmother cooked, and whatever she cooked, that's what we ate. And when we didn't want it, my grandmother said, put it in the refrigerator. So in a couple minutes, we hungry. Go get the food out of the refrigerator, right? right? We didn't have microwaves, right? So my grandmother said, okay, I'll heat this food up for you. And we go to bed hungry. My grandma said, I'm going to cook food at 6 o'clock. If you are not in the house at 6 o'clock, you don't eat. My grandmother said, my doors close at 10 o'clock. If you're not in this house at 10 o'clock, you better sleep wherever you are. Right, right. But our children run our house. And that's not the way God said it. Children learn as babies how to be kind artists. Right? You done fed the child. You done held the child. You done broke the child, and, and, and the child see you finna go have, ah! now, I'm old school. My grandmother said, let the child cry. 
all you're going to do is strengthen the lungs. Right, 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 right. But, 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 yeah, but somehow today, somehow today, we want our children to be our friends. And, 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 and you ask your children to do something, they ask you, what, they tell you when they're going to do it. But they ask you to do it, and you stop everything you're doing to do it. There is a way that seemeth right. Look at verse 2. He that walketh in his uprightness, that's what? Feareth the Lord. Hmm? But he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. Let me tell you something. The only time, the only time that Jesus ever disagreed with God was when he was in the garden. The weight of the sins of the whole world was on him. And Jesus said, Father, if it be, take this cup from me. God, I don't really want to die. But if the only way that they can be saved is if I die, let your will be done. I tell preachers, I tell elders all the time, stop going, stop going to the hospitals and say, let, it, it, it's the Lord's will. I, I read somewhere in the Bible, I read somewhere in the Bible says that, that, that above all things, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Now, now, it was God's will that Jesus died. You got it, huh? It was God's will that Jesus died. Because if Jesus had not died, you and I couldn't be free from sin. So, so, so watch this, watch this, watch this. Jesus is the only person and, 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 and you recite for me John 3.16. Y'all know it well. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That, that's, that's not what the text actually says. The text actually says that God so loved the world that he gave his only unique son. Yeah, yeah. How is he unique? He is the only one ever to be born 100% man and 100% God. So notice this. Jesus experienced the second death. So that we don't have to. So the question is, what is the second death? The second death is eternal separation from God. Anytime Jesus ever talked about God, he said, my father. My father and I are one. Our father, which art in heaven. Go tell my disciples that I go to my father and to their father. But on the cross, Jesus, the man, cannot die. As long as God is in him. Preacher, preacher, stand up for me. Stand up for me. Stand up for me. So, 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 turn, turn, turn this way. So this is Jesus on the cross. This is Jesus on the cross. And here's God. And God knows that Jesus has to die. So what God does is God steps away from Jesus. And Jesus stays up on the cross. And for the first time in his life, Jesus says, my God, my God. Why hath thou forsaken me? Jesus cannot die as long as, because God can't die. So in order for Jesus to die, God has to leave. If Jesus does not die, we cannot be saved. That's the reason why, you can sit down, preacher. That's the reason why the devil has so many people 
trying to walk around telling church folk, Jesus is just another man. Oh, no. Jesus is God. The Bible says that it was Jesus who created the heaven and the earth. How dare we not bow down and worship Jesus? The Bible says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell with them. So watch this, watch this. When you look at the sanctuary, I, I, I was dumb when I was a kid. So when they say look at the compass, right? Northwest, east, and south, south, northwest. I used to say, this is my, 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 my uneducated aunt said, never eat shredded wheat. So watch this. That's important because the Bible says that the entrance of the sanctuary was to the east. That's important because if the east is here, the west is here, the north is here, and the south is here. So that the Bible says, if you don't know, if you don't know the furniture in the sanctuary, I might show y'all that tomorrow. But 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 the Bible says that the devil wanted to build his place toward the north. Why the north? Say that again. Say it louder. Say it louder. Say it louder than I can say it. That's where the showbread, and the showbread represents Jesus, right? The show, so the devil wants to get to where Jesus is, right? The devil wants to be where Jesus is. The devil, I want you to hear that. The devil wants to be where Jesus is. Why? Because Jesus was the one who made you and I. Jesus was the one who made the angels and the heavens. Jesus is the one. And the devil wants to be where Jesus is. Preacher, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Watch this, watch this. He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Jesus feared the Lord. That's the reason why Jesus said, Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Jesus knew that once he took the cup, he was going to become sin for us. And it was very possible that God would not accept his sacrifice. That's the reason why when Mary saw Jesus on the road, y'all remember after he was resurrected? Yeah, and, and, and Mary saw him. Uh, 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 Jesus actually said to her, stop touching me. Let me go. Let me go. You are hindering my progress from going to the Father. Jesus has to go to the Father that the Father can approve his sacrifice. Moses and Elijah came to talk to Jesus, to encourage Jesus, go to the cross. Because if Jesus doesn't die, they got to come back down to earth. Huh? It takes a foolish person who walks around with their pants sagging down. I, used to, I do that in my church preaching. You know, the kids want to walk in with the earrings in their ear. 
So I went to the to my, my friend who owned a beauty shop. I bought some clip-ons. They didn't know about the clip-ons, right? They too young to know about clip-ons, right? So I go get me a couple of clip-ons. I put the clip-ons, and I'm like, you know. <laughs> and, and they, they say, they say, Pastor, you can't come to church like that. Uh, why not? That's how you come to church. What you talking, man? What you talking about? I said, listen, if I can't do it, why you do it? Next thing I know, the earrings are gone. The earrings are gone. They gonna put them back on? I know how to do the same thing y'all do. Go get me some weave and put it in my hair. <laughs> Our children are falling away from the church. Why? Because we're not real in church. You can't come to church and hallelujah, praise God, amen. Go outside the church. That black son of a so-and-so. No, he done got up on my nerve, right? Ring. Oh, I'm not going to answer. That ain't nobody but Pastor Hunter. <laughs> oh, you, you like that one? Try this one. Pastor come up in Walmart, and you see him before he see you? The church, the church ain't got no power. You ought to have enough power in you to heal some folk. When was the last time you had your faith tested? It's easy to talk about faith. The Bible says he who walks in faith, you know, he who, 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 he who lives in faith must walk in faith, right? You know, how is it that so many of us in the church, we can't heal nobody? We can't turn, you know, you know how it is, preacher, you know, y'all forgive me, I got to tell you the truth. You know, pastor stand up and says, okay, we're going to do some evangelism next month, and, 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 and we're going to go knock on some doors down here, and it's 108 degrees. Shh, I ain't going. I got to go. Folks start sneaking out the church. And you wonder why the church can't grow. have your faith tested. My baby brother got shot five times. I drove from Berrien Springs, Michigan to Philadelphia as fast as I could. I'm praying as I'm driving. God, take care of my brother. Do for him what I can't do. I get to Philadelphia and my whole family is gone. And they tell me that my brother is dead. I go in the room where he's lying. He's got tubes from the back of his neck all the way down to his waist. And he's dead. I walk out of the room and I began to cry. God, you said, try you. That's what you said. You said, try me, try me, try me. 
I said, Lord, you promised me that if I joined the ministry, you would take care of my brother. You'll take care of my family. While I'm on my knees outside the room praying, I hear it. And I walk into the room and my brother is pulling tubes out of his body. And I call my father and I say, Dad, Bernard is alive. My dad hung up the phone on me. I call her back, Dad, Bernard is alive. My brother turned, he will be 54 years old in March. He was 22 when he got shot. So I, I tell folk, I tell folk, I tell folk, I, get, I tell folk. The, the, the Bible says, if you come to the Lord, you must believe that he is. Why go to the Lord and you don't believe? Somebody said, question? Why? Why what? Why do I believe in God? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's my thing. That's my th- I love to say that. Question, question. <laughs> do you really believe God? No, 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 don't, don't. Do you really believe God? Do you really, really, really? The Bible says, he who walketh in his uprightness, feareth the Lord. I have enough common sense to know that God can do anything that God said he could do. My mother died when I was two. My brothers and I lived through a life of hell. I never lived in the same house with my two brothers for one whole year. My oldest brother died when he was 40. My baby brother died and he's still alive. You you figure that out. For the first time in my life, I found out where my mother was buried. Nobody knew. And all of my mother's brothers and sisters, she had five brothers and sisters, all of her uncles, aunts, cousins on her generation are all dead. Nobody could tell me where my mother was buried. I was sitting at my table one day, and the Lord said to me, call all the cemeteries in Philadelphia. I call every cemetery. Now, computer can't help you with that. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about God. I called a funeral home, the, the cemetery, on Friday. They gave me the name of where my mother was buried. My cousin had died. And I said, I'm going to find my mother this trip. So because I'm the preacher, everybody calls me when somebody dies. I'm talking to the funeral director on the phone. And the funeral director says, Pastor, tell your family we're going to take care of your cousin. uh, And we're going to bury him at the cemetery in Bella Kenwood. What did you say? We're going to bury your cousin in Bella Kenwood. That's where my mother's buried. I've never heard of that place before. So I go to Philadelphia early because we're going to bury my cousin on Monday. So I go to the funeral 
cemetery on Sunday. And when I get there, when my mother died, they buried her in a community grave. So there are at least three people buried where she's buried. So they don't have markers. And so the guy takes me to this place and he says, your mom is buried somewhere along this place. And I began to cry. Because I didn't have closure. And I thank God that they did not cremate my mother. Because because they could tell me that she's buried here, I have somewhere I can go and say, God, this is where my mother lay. This is where you need to appoint a special angel for where my mother is. This is on Sunday. So Monday, we're coming into Bella Kenwood to bury my cousin. There's a, there's a, a street here, and my mom is buried there. And they put my cousin preacher right here. And I can stand right here and look right over there where my mom was buried at. Right? I said, can't nobody do that but God? Can't nobody fix it that way but God? Can't nobody understand what I feel in my heart but God? So do I trust God? You better believe I do. I'm going somewhere because there is a way that seemeth right. It seems right to come to church and act like fools. That's not the way of God. We come to worship to praise God. So, 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 can, can I have 15 minutes? I don't even need 15 minutes. Give me 10 minutes, preacher. So watch this, watch this. Y'all hold me to 10 minutes. My wife gonna do it. Hold me to 10 minutes. Watch this, watch this. I, I lost my job. And everybody who could help me wouldn't help me. God said to me, sister, God says, don't be mad at them. I won't allow them to help you. Because if they help you, you won't see what I can do. So I just want you to sit back and watch what I can do. So my wife and I, one of the worst feelings you could ever have as a man is not to be able to do something for your wife. My wife wants her ice cream, and I ain't got money to buy her ice cream. But we love each other. So we walk together, and, and, and we're walking around Walmart. And this lady comes into Walmart, and she's pitching a fit. I don't understand why nobody won't help me. You know, my wife, she, she kind of, hey, can you help me? I don't work here. Can you help me find the movie, The Ten Commandments? Go over to the section over here. I find The Ten Commandments. She says, thank you. She walks off. My wife and I walk around Walmart, and we get to where we're going to buy us a pack of gum, and we're going to leave Walmart. So when this line, there's three people in front of us, and then the ladies in, in the front. I'm sick of this nonsense. People don't. She gave the lady some money, and the lady had to go to customer service. And we don't know this. So in the line, does anybody want to be blessed? I ain't got time for this. You know, lady in front, the lady right behind her, she like this. The lady in front of her, she, she turned her head like this. She leaned over here, and the other lady, she turned her back on her. My wife said, no, thank you. Lady, yes, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. The lady said, give it to him. 
Lady comes back from customer service. Where the lady? She left. She said, give it to him. <laughs> the movie cost $6.50. So how much did she give me? She gave her $100. And she gave me the change. She gave me all the change. Now, 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 watch this. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money. And now, all of a sudden, I got $94.50. Let's go shopping. The Lord said, no, don't do it. I put my money in my pocket. I went home. <laughs> it was a, a, a piece of mail at my door. I opened the mail. The bill was $94.50. But the Lord is testing me. The Lord is testing me, right? So, 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 so I had a preacher who wanted to go to Oakwood Alumni Weekend. And the preacher called me. He said, man, I need you to come to my church and preach four sermons for me. I'll give you $900. I'm on my way. I want my wife to come. We driving. Seven hour drive. Man, we talking. We singing. We get to the church. I preach four sermons. We baptize them folk. We leave. They give me a check. I open the check. Check was for $150. Now listen, 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 listen. I ain't got no job. I want to call the preacher and curse him out without cursing him. But God said, leave him alone. I drove seven hours back home. Got out of my car at 12 o'clock at night. I'm mad. Go to the mail. An electric company had had an increase. And they sent us a check from their increase. The check was for $200. I go home and go to my bed. My phone rang at 5 o'clock in the morning. One of my friends called me. Man, don't I owe you some money? I said, no, nah, man, you don't owe me no money. Yeah, I do. I send you some money. I go back to sleep. Dude called me back. He figured. I didn't know what he told. He called me back. He said, man, it ain't nothing but $40. I said, man, $40 when you ain't got nothing is a whole lot of money. So, so I get up that morning. I go over to Western Union. I fill out my paperwork for $40. The lady said, that's not, you sure this is you? Yeah, he said he sent me a check for $40. He ain't send you $40. He sent you $400. <laughs> Now, 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 now I, I know somebody's counting, right? I know somebody's counting, right? That, that's 600, right? So now I get a call from a friend of mine at Andrews University. He said, man, look, I just came across some money, and my wife said we need to send you something because you always do something for us. Okay, go to Western Union, $300. That's, that's, that's 900, right? So, so watch this, watch this. We, we get another call from a guy who I had married, he and his wife, a year ago. And the guy said, Pastor, my wife won't stop talking to you. She's getting on my nerves talking about you so much. She said that we need to do something special for Pastor Palmer. I said, okay. He said, we're going to send you $400. Now, if, if we all count the same math, that's $1,300. I said to my wife, had I called that preacher and told him off, I would have lost my blessing. God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I ask you to do. So, 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 I got two more. I'm passing the church, and the church want to pave the parking lot. So, okay, the parking lot going to cost $18,000 to pave. So, we want every adult member in the church, every married couple in the church, to donate $300. Every single member do 150 
we start ra raising money. We start raising money, right? I get a call from the bank. Pastor, you got a check in the bank. I go to the bank, and they say, I say, is this check good? They say, well, you know, I tell you what do. Let's give it seven days. If it clears, then it's good, right? So the check, $18,000. So, so, so you know how church members are. Right? Pastor, we got a new parking lot. We need a canopy so that when it rains, we don't get wet. Okay, the canopy is going to cost $12,000. Okay, let's get it built. Raise money. Get a call from the bank. Go to the bank. The bank said, Pastor, you got a check. $12,000. Right, right. I tell the church, me and the Lord, we like this. Me and God like this. Wait, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. My first wife died, and I could not do ministry. My mind was not in ministry. But I had nine elders, man, that were good elders. I said, Elder, there's some things I can't do. I need you to do. So every single month, we're going to have evangelism every month. But what I need for you to do is find an area in the city, go into that area. We're going to pray the first week. The second week, we're going to invite folk to church. How are we going to get them to church? However, the Bible says compel them. Tell them we're going to cook for them. Let them come to church and we cook for them. So watch this. We find a whole Spanish colony. We didn't even know they existed. We just out praying, and these folk are looking for a church, and we're looking for them. We baptized 99 people. We weren't looking for them, but God was looking for them, and they were looking for God. So we brought them into our church, and we extended our church for them, and it came a time where we had to let them go. So we had a guest speaker come to our church. He says, sometimes a mother bird will take her birds, and she'll push them out of the nest, and she's watching the birds. So when the bird can't fly, she'll go down and get the bird and bring him back up to the nest. A couple of days later, she'll push him out later and see if he starts flying. So after he preached the sermon, my head elder said, Pastor, it's time for us to let them go. So they said, we want to build a church. But we want to build a church that's like five hours away from where we are. Okay, let's go down to the church. They go down to the church, and they find a church. And the man said he's going to sell the church for $75,000. Sitting at my desk. My phone rang. God called me from New Orleans. He said, I heard that your church was trying to buy a church. I said, yes. He said, can I contribute? I said, yes. I sent him my address. He sent me a check for $75,000. And the day they moved into the church, they paid off the church. There is a way that seemeth right. But when you're walking in the ways of God, God will take care of you. I got, I'm closing now. My church, where I pastor, God said to me in a dream, write this down. I got up, I began to write. 
in the morning, I look, I don't understand what I wrote. I go back to sleep. God said, get up. I get up. He said, write. I write. I don't understand what I write. So I had a friend of mine that was at my house. I said, man, we need to pray because God's trying to tell me something, but I'm not getting it. So we prayed. I went back to sleep. God said, get up. I got up. I wrote. He said, go to the mall. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. God, why you want me to go to the mall? Just go to the mall. So the next day I got up and I went to the mall. And, and watch this. God said, don't tell your church. Just go to the mall. So I go to the mall and I go to the office and the lady says, uh, Pastor, one thing I need to tell you about the mall, no matter if it rains, snow, sleet, or hell, people going to come to the mall. So okay. But Lord, what you want me to do? This is what I want you to do. I'm writing stuff down. Writing stuff down. From 1230 to 1, I want you to pray. From 1 to 3, I want you to do a Bible study. From 530 to 7, I want you to pray and do seminars. Okay, Lord, don't tell your members. Because you know what you do when you tell your members? We can't go to the mall, Pastor. We can't do this. Okay, I don't, and I told them, I told them. I don't want you, yes, some, I don't want you coming to the mall because I don't want no negative, if you going to come over here talking about, I already know, you know, folks talking about, they, they know how to do everything and you ask them to do it, they don't know what they're doing. Nah, nah. On January the 6th, we go to the mall. From January to 6th to today, we've had over 252 members come through our space. At the mall. At the mall. We got folks saying, y'all not leaving, are you? The management at the mall, we are so glad that you all are here. But the church, we can't do that, Pastor. No, you stay home. You stay home. Because if you doubt, it's okay for you to doubt. It's okay for you. Stay home. Don't bring your doubting stuff over to where we are. Let God do what God has to do. So watch this. Watch this. Watch this, because God tests you, right? So they said, how much is it going to cost? First, they said it was going to be $1,000 a month. Let me check my budget. God said, I ain't asked you about no budget. The lady called me on the phone. She said, Pastor, we're going to lower the price. Instead of it being $1,000, we're going to give you $500. So, okay, so watch this. I had a friend of mine. Send me a check. $500. Ask the church. Out of my budget, I need $1,000. So the first day we walked in, we paid $1,500, right? I asked someone for some money. They said they were going to send me $1,000. They sent me a check. I opened it up. $2,500. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, wait a minute, man. There's got to be a mistake. Because you fussing with me about this, 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 and the other. And 2500 I said, praise God. Let me tell you something. You can't stop God's work. The, the best thing for, for us to do is to get on board and understand. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, so, so I'm talking to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm asking Jesus, Jesus, what, what are you talking about? 
because you said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You said that no man could come to your father except by you. So Jesus was having a conversation one day with some friends. He says to his friends, I'm going away, but I'm going to come again to receive you. Now, in order for you to get into heaven, you got to have a ticket. Two guys. One guy says, Lord, I don't need no ticket. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Go wherever I want to go, drink whatever I want, snort whatever I want, snort. Came time for them to go to heaven. So the guy who doesn't have a ticket gets to the gate first. So I'm using my imagination. The gatekeeper said, you got a ticket? I ain't got no ticket, man. I told you I ain't need no ticket. Well, you can't get in. He walks away disgruntled. He runs into the guy who has a ticket. He said, man, remember that day when Jesus said we need a ticket? Yeah, I didn't get one. Can I share yours? He looked at his ticket. He said, I got three parts. He said, I'll share my ticket with you. Guy takes off and doesn't even say thank you. He gets to the gate. He says, I got a ticket. The gatekeeper said, that ain't the right ticket. You can't get in. He goes back. He sees the guy again. He said, man, that ain't the right ticket. He said, well, I got another half. I can share another half with you. Cuts the other half. And this time, he knocks the brother down. Runs back to the gate. I got my ticket. The gatekeeper looked. He said, that ain't the ticket. You can't get in. By this time, the one who has the ticket, he comes. Wife, could you please? So the guy comes. He says, I got my ticket. He said, let me see. So what I need to do, open it up all the way and let them see the ticket. He says, That's the ticket, and you could get in. But he said, but wait a minute. My friend had a ticket. Why he couldn't get in? He said, let's see what ticket your friend had. I need a couple of volunteers to help me. Brother, can you come? Come on, come on, little one, come on, come on. Now, you, you stand first, and then you stand next, and then you stand next. Now, I need one more volunteer. I need one more volunteer. You'll go? Okay. So he says, my friend had a ticket. Let's see what ticket he had. So hold that. Hold that. Hold that one hand. That one. Hold that one. 
y'all see that? Hell. Now, now watch this. There's only one of two ways you're going. We're either going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. There's no in-between place. There's no resting place. You're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. I'm going to take this one back from y'all because I don't want y'all to go to that place. Yes, sir. Don't you want to go to heaven? Thank you all so much. Watch this. Give them a round of applause for me, please. Watch this. Hell, hell, is not a place. Hell is an event that has not yet taken place. For the Bible says that Jesus will call down hellfire from heaven. There is nobody in hell right now. When Jesus will call hell down and the first thing that will be put into the lake of fire will be Satan. And the last will be death. I don't know about you. When I get to heaven, man, I'm going to run. I'm going to jump. I'm going to hug Jesus. I'm going to tell y'all, y'all got to back up. I'm going to hug Jesus. And the next thing I want to do is go sit on my mama lap. I want to run my fingers through her hair. I want to on her face. And I want to tell her the devil worked hard on us. But thanks be to God. We made it by the grace of Jesus. I don't know about you. But I realize that there is a way that seems right. But there is a way that is right. I don't want to live my life trying to save the world and then lose my own soul. So I want to live according to the will of God. And if you close your eyes and listen, there's a part of the movie, Samson and Delilah, when they gouge out Samson's eyes and Samson cannot see, and Samson is standing there, he says to God, thou has taken my eyes that I might see. If the only thing that you see is with your physical eye, you will miss every spiritual opportunity that you have. I pray that God will bless you as you leave here tonight. I pray that when you return, please come back tomorrow. I think I got a word for you tomorrow. I feel like preaching. So you're going to have to help me preach if that's all right. So please pray with me. Oh God, our Father. We humbly bow before you, asking you to take away those preconceived things that we think we know about you and fill us with your grace, with your love, and with your mercy. As we leave this place tonight, go before us and make our way safe. Bring us back at the appointed time that we might worship you together in spirit and in truth. Help each person, even the things that we may not agree, help us to search the scripture.
to search the scripture. To search the scripture looking for understanding. When Jesus comes and we see him, may we be in that group that shall be safe in the arms of Christ. If we leave this place and never see another day, save us in your kingdom when you shall come. For this we pray saying thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and put your hands together for the word, everybody. Were you blessed? Amen. Real stories. Amen. Hope to see you back here on tomorrow morning, starting at 9.30 for our family and Bible study. Please be on time. We're going to have a lot of people here. And also, I just want to make sure that you encourage your friends and family to come on out tomorrow. Amen. I have some wonderful gifts I'm going to bless your family and your friends with, all right? And so please be here, and then at 11 o'clock, we have our encounter worship service. All right, family, let us all stand as we get ready to leave. We're going to take up an offering very quickly. Come on, let's just bless, let's just bless the Lord for what he has done for us. Um, we're just going to take up a quick, quick offering as the, as the deacons go around. Amen, amen. Or you can go on Cash App. Come on, deacons, let's go around. You go on Cash App, dollar sign, T-O-P given and just put that because we want to be able to bless the pastor amen bless the pastor and the family for them coming here so we appreciate your gifts that you're going to give online those who are giving online thank you cash app top given we're going to have a wonderful time tomorrow so please please go home and get some rest and be back here tomorrow tomorrow morning i want to thank you all for giving really appreciate um, you, you're giving. Amen. Make sure, remember we are wearing our African attire. Um, please get your colors, get your outfits, get everything ready for tomorrow. If you don't have an African attire, that's all right. Just come as you are. Amen. Come as you are. We appreciate, appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Uh, let's repeat the misbah all together. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we absent one from another. Amen. Come on and shake the pastor's hand, his wife's hands as you get ready to leave. Go ahead and just let the pastor know you appreciate the word.